The form of the wave equation relevant to quantum waves is the Schrodinger equation. If you read the last section of chapter 1, you know that the Schrodinger equation differs from the classical wave equation in that it involves the first rather than the second time derivative, and it differs from the heat equation in that it includes a factor of i. To see how that comes about, start by writing the energy of a non-relativistic particle, that is a particle traveling much more slowly than the speed of light, as the sum of the kinetic energy and the potential energy as we've done in equation 610. By introducing the constant h bar, which is just Planck's constant h divided by 2 pi, and the angular frequency omega, which is just 2 pi times nu the frequency, into Einstein's equation for the energy of a photon, E equals h nu, that equation becomes E equals h bar omega, as we write it in equation 611. Using this expression for E on the left side of equation 610, and using de Broglie's equation, P equals h over lambda, the energy equation 610 takes on the form shown in equation 612. That may not look much like a wave equation, but consider what happens when you write the matter wave as a harmonic wave function. Psi of x and t equals a e to the i times the quantity kx minus omega t, as shown in equation 613. Now think about what happens when you take the first time derivative of this wave function, as we did in equation 616, and the first and second spatial derivatives of psi, as in equations 617 and 618. With a little manipulation, these terms can be fit into equation 614, and you can see the result in equation 619. This is the Schrodinger equation, specifically the one-dimensional time-dependent Schrodinger equation. We'll discuss the meaning of the wave function psi of x and t in the next section, but you're likely to encounter another form of the Schrodinger equation called the time-independent Schrodinger equation. To get to that version, we write the time derivative, partial of psi with respect to t, as minus i omega psi, and then gather the total energy E and the potential energy V together on the left side of the equation. This gives equation 622, which, as we point out in the text, is essentially a statement that the total energy minus the potential energy equals the kinetic energy, which is the term on the right side of equation 622. Remember, the phrase time independent does not mean that the wave function psi is independent of time. It's still psi of x and t. The time independent descriptor applies to the energy terms to this equation. The last portion of this section is an example in which we show how to find the Schrodinger equation for a free particle. As we say in the text, by free, we mean free of any outside forces. That means we can take the potential energy V as a constant, and we can choose to make that constant equal to zero. When you do that, you get equation 625, the Schrodinger equation for a free particle. When we compare that equation to the equation for a standing wave from chapter 3, that leads back to de Broglie's equation for the wavelength of a matter wave. Lambda is equal to h over p. You can see what happens when the potential energy is not constant in the problems at the end of this chapter. But before you do that, it's probably a good idea to take a look at the next section on probability wave functions.